0: You are listening to the Mid-East Peace Podcast. This is Molly Livingstone at home in Jerusalem with Baby. You'll hear her whining in the background. That's not Alex, who is in London. Not to say he's not whining, he's just in London. How are you?
1: I'm very well. I never whine because I live in London, the most beautiful city in the world
0: yeah um, you gotta love those clouds all the time
1: uh, I, that's true actually it's it's beautiful beautiful gray August here in London uh, <laughs> I do not have a baby I have a cat so if you hear any meowing in the background that's not me that's my cat
0: <laughs> so let's get started here because we are recording on a significant day one this recording is on a Thursday which means that yesterday was what Molly calls I used third person, Terrorist Wednesday. It's something I coined along the way of the silent intifada, which started about a couple years ago. Our listeners may have heard of this. I don't know, Alex, if you've heard of this, but once the stabbings and the car rammings, which seems to be the violence of choice, started up again a couple years ago, I noticed a pattern, if you will. Um, I'm not a forensic detective or scientist, but in a way I am. And what I noticed CSI was... Could you lot. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is that what you're telling me? CSI, of course, Law & Order, a little Drop Dead Diva will help you out. Yeah, of course. Nice,
1: nice, nice, nice. Uh, Bit of NCIS, if yeah. uh, it's the afternoons, yep. Yeah. yeah,
0: you know, a little bit of everything. And when you put that all together and then you live in the Middle East and you live in it Makes you an expert. Right. So this is what Molly the Expert has noticed is that while normal people call Wednesday hump day because it's that difficult day of the week, I think the terrorists have taken hump day and sort of said, hey... Let's make something happen. It's been a few days because what I notice is the trend is Fridays are prayer day, which mm-hmm. then there could be rioting or especially now with the whole metal detector issue on at Al-Aqsa. So then yeah. you get to the middle of the week, Wednesday, and it's kind of like, mm, things have been slow for terrorism. Why don't we, you know, do a little car ramming, a little stabbing. So yesterday, Wednesday, that's exactly what happened. There were two attacks, although one was an almost attack. Oops, see, she's whining about it. The first one
1: is that because she agrees or disagrees with your theory, Molly?
0: Oh, that's she would never disagree with me because good no, point. No. She is still
1: quite reliant on you at the moment. Yeah. And that's true.
0: So the first one was in Yavne, which is down south. It was a stabbing in a supermarket, which unfortunately, there's one supermarket that seems to have more stabbings than anybody else, and it's a supermarket called Rami Levy. Really cheap supermarket. I don't know if that's a connection or not. This time, it was not a Rami Levy, so... I was quite surprised because there is a joke that goes around. Like Al-Aqsa, where they attempted metal detectors, everywhere in Israel has metal detectors, including the supermarket. Mm-hmm. And when you go through, they ask you if you have a weapon on you. And the joke at the Rami Levy supermarkets is, if you say no, they give you one.
1: I like uh, it okay. I imagine that's more funny if you actually have to yes, live in Israel that
0: is yes, dark okay. humor and a survival tool of people living in Israel and so this was not a Rami Levy the person was putting toilet papers away i don't and it's all caught on video you can watch the gruesome attack the terrorist 19 years old stabbing this man who begins throwing toilet papers at him very good i mean really can, can i
1: just say something when it comes to my youtube <laughs> viewing I, I normally prefer the cats doing the cutest things <laughs> watching people getting stabbed i mean i'm not sure that's something that uh, i'm going to be doing this afternoon but okay yeah. go on so keep going with yeah. your theory because i've already by the way i've identified a massive hole in it but you keep going and oh, we'll just, God. See we get to it Yeah.
0: Uh, Okay. So, so the person who's being stabbed actually manages to run away from the guy. He is in critical condition, as far as I understand. Um, And the stabber was sort of. Everybody else jumped on him at some point until police came. That was the attack, the second almost attack, which caused my husband to be two hours late. So I think it was a successful attack if people are sitting in traffic for two hours going nuts. I think on some level, if terrorism is sort of trying to make a population, you know, be fearful and scared, well done. It was a woman who was going to do a stabbing at the ever so popular Gush Etzion intersection, where there's a lot of Jews and Arabs and whatever you want to call, whatever, however you want to label them, Israelis, Palestinians, Muslims, Arab Israelis, whatever. Um, and people, so, people, people, basically, oh, human beings. people, people, right. Men, women, trans, whatever. And, uh, and she wasn't successful because they do have the border police there and they do have soldiers there and they questioned her and there was something off. Not just bad breath, but more than that. So that was uh, they were able to stop that one. So that's my theory with terrorist Wednesdays. I'm always a little bit more on edge, a little bit more wary, a little bit more judgmental.
1: Can I jump in? Please. And make the obvious technical mistake you're making as an American. How dare you? Go for it. I know. I know. That everyone calls it the, Hump Day. But, but technically, in the Middle East, Wednesday shouldn't be Hump Day. Right. Surely Tuesday. It's hump day. day. Surely it goes Sunday, Monday, hump day, Tuesday, (laughs) Wednesday, Thursday... Friday's the weekend.
0: And the truth is, Terrace Tuesday, hashtag Terrace Tuesday would sound a lot better. But the fact is. Yeah, I'm helping you here. Listen, I think that's their way of reaching out and saying, we do want to be westernized. We do want to have Sunday as a weekend. I I think that is a a separate motive, another conspiracy. Let's see where these things go, Alex. You know, I don't think it's just because I'm American centric or love, you know, the Western culture or Target. I think there's something more to this. I think it's a different kind of Target. And I'd like to make it a brand name store and not one where I am the actual bullseye.
1: You just saying you shop at cheap supermarkets and you prefer they went for the high end stuff so you could shop in peace.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. peace. Well, well,
1: hopefully, hopefully on, on the website or on our Facebook page, people will comment on this so they can decide whether it should be Terrorist Tuesday or <laughs> Hump Day Wednesday. and We can moderate accordingly. And but I'm, okay. And I'm okay. gonna,
0: I'm gonna pitch just before you get into the articles that you chose for this week. When you say Facebook, that's of course at the Midi Speast, or you can go on Twitter at Midi Beasties. Follow us there. Give us your comments. Subscribe on itunes as well right you can put your comments
1: yeah yeah the, yeah. the mid-east beast podcast we have two reviews already both yeah. of them very nice
0: and we have a parental advisory because apparently molly curses
1: yeah yeah it's, it's not because you're a zionist there's not a zionist <laughs> uh, sticker on it it is because not yet a lot yeah because yeah, you got very sweary so we are basically it's us and the rappers with parental advisories on it. So there, I feel cool about that.
0: So let's get on to the articles. What did you choose for this week to discuss?
1: I thought we'd quickly talk about a couple of things. We did an article on the Mooch, Scaramucci, the short-lived communications director who liked to communicate in swear words. So I really respected (laughs) him. And as we've talked about before, when we've talked about, you know, how can you keep satirizing something that satirizes itself on a daily basis? And And the fact that someone actually survived just 10 days and did an interview (laughs) on the record with The New Yorker in which he suggested that one of his colleagues could fallate themselves, something that all men (laughs) aspire to. And in fact, apparently, if we just had one less bit in our uh, spine... We could do that to ourselves, but just goes to show that God creates and laughs.
0: Yes. It. So if you're speaking about that, I actually was looking on our Facebook page at people's comments to this article, and Alone mm-hmm. Perlman put, you can't make this stuff up, and he yeah. has a little picture, and it says, Scaramuccia. Okay, that's my American accent, screwing that one up. Literally, Little Skirmish, also known as Scaramucci or Scaramucci, is a stock clown character of the Italian comedian Della Arte (laughs) Theatrical Arts. And and I think that when we talk about this a lot, and we've brought this up before, where some of the names of these politicians really match who they are as people and characters. And this is kind of we're watching a play, aren't we? I mean,
1: we are. We are. I mean, this happened so quickly that we had actually written the article as if he was still in post because we thought, you know, crazy idea that someone would last more than two weeks. And we then had to edit it to reflect the fact that he had been <laughs> fired. Between the time that the article was submitted... We did the first edit, and then it went up on the page. We had to edit it again to reflect the changing circumstances. Which is just crazy. It's just nuts. But we still hold by the fact that there's no reason at all why he couldn't be given a role in the Middle East.
0: (laughs) She's whining again. (laughs) She's a
1: fan. She's a fan. That's good. Do we have a name yet, Molly? I can't remember. Do we have a name? Uh,
0: Yeah. We actually call her Tsufit, which means hummingbird. And uh, we call her Sufi Poopy, which she does plenty of. So... And this kind of fits with the article. I mean, less of a curse word, but sort of the the same potty mouth, if you will.
1: It is disappointing, I think, for all all satirists. And I think that on The Daily Show yesterday, they pointed out, which I hadn't realised, he's actually been fired before he officially took the job. (laughs) So his starting date to be the communications director was the 15th of August. So he's actually managed to get himself fired. And of course, his wife filing for divorce. Uh, all within, it's not been a good two weeks for him. I mean, Yeah, as we say.
0: that's pretty disappointing. But someone else wrote, by the way, as a comment that we're looking at the next worst president. So, <laughs> right, that's a pretty smart thing and, it, and maybe it's, accurate.
1: It's true. it's true. I mean, you want to feel sorry for him, but he seems like such a douche that it's difficult to do.
0: Yeah. And you had actually mentioned, do I think he would be, you know, a part of the Israeli government? And when you say douche, the answer is yes. I mean, there are a <laughs> lot of douchebags, men and women, part of the government. I consider King Bibi to be the douchiest of douches. So I think he could find a place here if he chooses to move to Israel. He would definitely be able to create a party, be a part of a party. Yeah. So let's talk about the next thing that you were Let's talk about a uh, big white men. Let's talk men. about bikinis. Yeah, let's,
1: yeah, let's talk about <laughs> bikinis. So we put back up an article, a throwback article from last year, an article about bikinis. And if people can remember as far back a year ago, there was a big fuss in southern France where bikinis, and for people that don't know what a bikini is, basically it's swimwear for women that would normally wear a burqa. That's what it is. And they were banned on some beaches in, in southern France because there was a suggestion that people could be terrorists underneath them oh i thought it was um, cause we, too
0: sexy okay well, got it.
1: that as well maybe and one of our team wrote an excellent article which said that if that was going to be banned then big white men in speedos really should be banned as well because that's pretty offensive it was I, one of the sort of top three most viral articles we've ever done it was mentioned in cosmo
0: wow
1: yeah i know we got mentioned in cosmo we got uh, a lot of traffic uh, in a number of, of broadsheet, sort of traditional newspapers talking about it, 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 went, it went really well. And so we thought we'd put it up again this summer and, it, and it's done well again. But uh, yeah, it kind of raised the issue of us again. I mean, why were bikinis so, so offensive to people? And just jumping in again, I don't know if people have seen this article that a far-right organisation in Norway put up on their Facebook page and they had a photograph of a bus... And they had confused the empty seats with what they thought were women in burkas. (laughs) And if you look at this photograph, I shit you not, go and look at this photograph on Facebook. It is of uh, empty seats, but the way the light is falling on it, you can understand why they might have been... Well, you can be confused if you're a massive racist. (laughs) And they did this big thing about, this is what Norway is now. And then there's a wonderful bunch of people piling in and saying... You know, that's just empty seats, you know, you blind, crazy lunatics. But it it all feeds into this sort of fear of of, of why someone making a decision... That's what they want to wear, and clearly you could make the criticism that that's just men making them wear that, and that's an understandable criticism. But you know, what do you what do you think, Molly? Well,
0: I focused in on the article where you actually wrote about the criminalization of fat white men in speedos, because yes. to me that is as offensive, you know, as a man yeah. telling a woman how to dress. Yep. Speedos are atrocious in general. I have that been the unfortunate victim of a old man with one ball hanging out of a speedo. Aww. And now you have that image in your mind. Yep. Yeah, Forever I and ever. Yeah, for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I hope it lasts much longer. And, and to the <laughs> listeners, please come back anyways. Please come back anyways. But yeah, it is. Those things are really horrible. And I have to live with them. We have to live with your choice of clothing or not or less is more definitely not the case here you know I see women in burkas fully clothed now if you're going to the beach clearly you're not going to get a good tan but it's your choice if you feel comfortable that way I praise you. You know, I see people wearing swimsuits I personally don't think fit them nicely. But that's my judgment. And if they want to feel comfortable like that, I think more power to you. It hasn't been an issue here in Israel as far as I know. I've seen... Everything And keep in mind, we also have religious women here. There's huge brands of, like, women's swimsuits that do not look like swimsuits. And they look like sort of a tennis outfit, pants, shirts. So I'm sure there's women that would, Jewish women that would want to wear a burkini. Yep. You know, I think that there's definitely someone out there. A fashion designer maybe Betty Johnson that could take this and really work with it I've seen them H&M had the Tallis, which is the religious prayer shawl that they made into shirts and people were like oh, now hold up we know that's a Jewish like prayer shawl but no people were buying them as this is a cool outfit so I think there's hope for us yet and I think that, yeah, what you're saying is true is people have this sort of innate fear. It kind of reminds me, and I'm sure you can agree, when you're driving on the street and you you see something that looks like a dead animal and you're like, don't look, but you look and you realize it's like a bag. Okay. And it's, it's that same sort of don't look. It's your problem. You are the one that's thinking this way and you're trying to put it on us and make laws that are frankly a waste of time. I'd rather focus on the bigger issues. The same thing happened in Israel with banning women from women's faces from political ads. Political women running for office, their ads could not be on buses for fear of, you know, religious men looking at their faces. So they would be in for the burkini. They would be in for the burqa. Yeah, it's like absurd. So we got to find a way for all of us to be happy, don't we? Can't we all just get along? Was that Rodney King during the riots in L.A.? I was kind of going to bring this to a close here, this podcast, and mention, because I had started with Thursday, that we're recording on a Thursday, and that it was significant, not just because of Terrorist Wednesday, um, which I understand is not hump day anymore. Thanks, Alex, for that reminder. But that today is Thursday, August 3rd, which is also the Jerusalem Gay Pride March. It's not a parade, it's a march. It's a a big difference, okay? And it has a lot of religious organizations, religious gay organizations, that will be marching in it for pride and equality and inclusion, it sounds now that I'm making up satire, but this is the truth. Of course, two years ago in 2015, we did have the same murderer who had been released. He had stabbed people. I think it was, I, I can't remember exactly, but it was a few years back at a gay pride parade. Sorry, March. And he was in jail. He was released. And then he came back and he went to the same march in 2015 and there he was actually able to stab and kill a 16-year-old girl who, by the way, was not gay, but they are supporting her friends. And so since then, as always, there's a high amount of security, not to the level of when Trump was here flying in the air, yet security was on the ground, but it is kind of a two to one ratio to the marchers. I have been to these parades, marches, wow. Look at those Freudian slips. I think they're really great. I think it's super important. And although, as I say that, this year, as a mother of now three, I have a six-year-old who I wanted to bring to the parade, but because he goes to religious school, I wasn't sure. And the religious school has already told him that according to the Torah, right, according to the religious, all the religious crap, if you will, men cannot marry men. And my son said that to me already. And I, of course, said, well, that's not what I think. And your mother thinks that anyone should be able to marry anyone. But now do I take him to a march? It puts it right in your face, which is why, obviously, there's people here in Jerusalem and on my Facebook page, even my Facebook friends, who have said, this is disgusting. This is outrageous. Jerusalem is the holy city. You know, do it everywhere else, but leave Jerusalem off the map. Here, that's okay. So that is kind of, Alex, what I've been dealing with. And that's why Thursday today, August 3rd, is kind of significant. And this is my friend who is a therapist. She moved here also from America. She deals with cognitive behavioral stuff. And she has four children of her own, all being raised religious. And she is going to this parade with all four of them. And this is her explaining to her five-year-old why they are going to the parade.
2: Molly, I have a question. Can you tell Molly about the parade we're going to go to today? There is going to be a parade that we're going to see. How? Why is there a parade, Tals? Because, Because there are people that are going to be married with girls and boys. Do boys sometimes marry boys, and do girls sometimes marry girls? Yep. How come? Because they love each other. That's right. And who made them that way? And God. That's right. Hashem makes lots of different people who are born lots of different ways. And sometimes boys grow up and marry boys, and sometimes girls grow up and marry girls. And are we, why are we going to the parade, though? Why is it important to have a parade? Uh, I don't know. So it's important to have a parade, because um, some, there are, well, there are some not nice people who say, this isn't okay, boys can't marry boys, and girls can't marry girls, and that's not fair. Hashem made them this way. And so we have a parade for for instead of Sinat Chinam, for Avat Chinam.
0: That's right. And that's going to wrap it up for us. Just in case you missed that, because uh, your Hebrew is not so great. What she was saying is that God made these people this way, and we don't have... Free hate, we have free love. Hashtag free love. I love it. Once again, tell us what you think, share with us. You can, of course, subscribe now on iTunes. Those two comments, we need more people. Facebook at the Mideast Beast. You can also find us online, the Mideast Beast.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Mideast Beasties. That'll do it for this round. Alex, thanks for joining us.
1: Molly, it's always a pleasure never a chore baby
0: thanks for whining in the background at the appropriate times and of course i want to thank our producer scott khan for always uh, sticking it out even while on vacation he is the man so thank you scott and that's gonna do it for us hashtag free love here from jerusalem